Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John speaks from the subject of Woman with Issue of Blood. This is part two of the series, Breaking Through the Blindness. And now, here's Pastor John with today's message. If you would grab your Bibles and turn with me there. Mark chapter 5, verses 24 through 34. Mark chapter 5. Let's read this ten, these 10 verses together. Jesus went, with, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. That sounds like Americans in the 21st century, doesn't it? But she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your gracious and, and your graciousness and your kindness towards us. And God, we just pray that you would help us in this time in your word today, that we would, that we would uh, break the bread of life freely and, and correctly, and that we would receive it to nourish and strengthen our spirits and our spiritual bodies today. Lord, may we be transformed, delivered, healed, and set free today by your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We are in a series called Breaking Through the Blindness. Breaking Through the the Blindness. And we're looking at some very familiar people from uh, from the Gospels. People you've probably heard about and read about your entire lives. But we're looking at them through the lens of of their blindness. Not necessarily physical blindness, but something that prevented these folks from being able to see Jesus. And this is the premise of the whole series. If you're ever going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to see him for yourself. You're going to have to have a revelation of Jesus Christ. And and what we're finding is that the things that were blinding these people in the Gospels are still blinding people today. And so we're trying to expose those things so that we can get a revelation of Jesus, a life-changing encounter with Jesus that's unhindered by these things. We want to break through the blindness. So last week we looked at Zacchaeus. 
who was blinded by other people. And we saw that a lot of people today get blinded. They get prevented from seeing Jesus either because they're too spiritually short or because they allowed offense or hypocritical people to get between them and their view of Jesus. So what Zacchaeus did was he got higher and he got personal and he got invested. So that was last week. Today we're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood. Unfortunately, she is not named in Scripture. She's only known by that, the woman with the issue of blood. And that's in in, in striking contrast to the man we looked at last week because Jesus called Zacchaeus by name right from the start. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that everybody in that area knew Zacchaeus' name because he was the tax collector in that region. This lady wasn't called by her name. She was defined by her circumstance. She was defined by her disability. She was defined by her dysfunction. And because of the Mosaic law, she was prohibited from coming into physical contact with anybody. She was not welcome at the synagogue. She was not welcome at their social gatherings. She wasn't welcome at the market. She was shunned and cast aside because she was considered unclean, but through no fault of her own. I think there are a lot of people who can relate to her today. Some of us have been defined by our circumstances. Some of us have been defined by our ability or inability to do certain things, to meet certain expectations, to achieve certain goals. Or even worse, sometimes we define ourselves by those standards. So I want to point something out to you today. In the last verse that we read, Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, your faith has made you well. And and we focus on the fact that Jesus told her that her faith had made her well, but sometimes we forget the very important first word in that statement. Don't let it get lost in the healing. Jesus didn't just heal her body. He began to heal her soul and her spirit with his very first word when he called her daughter. Daughter. The outcast was now a member of the family. The shunned one was welcomed back in. The one who was known by her connection to an illness was now known by her connection with her heavenly father. Daughter. You can only be a daughter if someone claims you, if someone is your father. And Jesus was saying to her, listen, everybody else may have pushed you aside, but you have a father who loves you and who cares about you and your situation and your circumstance and who claims you as his own. One encounter with Jesus in one moment with Jesus. And she went from disabled to daughter. She went from untouchable outsider to intimate insider, from undesirable to undeniable member of the royal family. And so let me encourage you today. It doesn't matter how grave your circumstance is, how far removed you find yourself from everybody else, how serious your situation is. Don't underestimate the power of one encounter with Jesus. It might have been 12 days. It might have been 12 months. It may have been like this woman, 12 years that you've been dealing with your situation. You need to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. You need to break through the blindness and see Jesus for yourself. 
So that's the goal. That's the end. But you say, John, how do I get there? How do I get to the end from the middle of my mess? And that's what we're going to look at today. And there there are three things that this lady did that will help you break through the blindness to a clear, redefining revelation of Jesus Christ. Here's the first thing she did. She got desperate. She got desperate. This lady was in a desperate situation for sure. Many people have speculated as to the cause of of her blood loss. Most think it was a gynecological issue that caused her anemia and her weakness. More specifically, they think she got stuck in one phase of her cycle. What should have lasted a few days had lasted for 12 years. And I think there are many people in the church today who have gotten defined and named by something that was supposed to just be a phase, something that was supposed to just be a step, just a season but they've gotten stuck there. Uh, They've gotten stuck in a stage of the grief cycle. They've gotten stuck in a season of life that just won't seem to change. At a rung in the career ladder that seems unrealistically far away from any other rung. You seem like you've been on the launching pad, for, but for some reason you just can't blast off into what you thought was your future. And the longer it lasts... And the more you watch other people move from place to place or from thing to thing or, or, from, or, or from opportunity for, for, to opportunity or maybe worst of all, from blessing to blessing, it gets harder and harder to keep going. You get weak and anemic just like this lady and it, and it makes you willing to try almost anything. This lady went from doctor to doctor and they just added insult to her injury because she was not only sick and tired, but now she was also broke. Her trips to the doctor had exhausted her physically and financially, but maybe most of all, they exhausted her spiritually and emotionally because they didn't just drain her bank account, they drained her spirit of hope. You see, the human spirit is an, inc- is an incredible thing. It can overcome incredible obstacles and accomplish many, many wonderful things. But what it cannot bear is hopelessness. When a person is out of hope, when they're out of options, when they're out of moves, when they're out of cards to play, things get desperate quickly. I don't know a person alive who can't relate to this feeling of despair. And some of you may be there this morning. You may be facing a situation that was bearable for a while, but but has recently exploded into a worst-case scenario for you. And that desperation might just be the thing that has come between you and seeing Jesus for yourself. Because when you open your eyes, all you can see is your problem. All you can see is your need. All you can see is your own desperation. I want to tell you that I think you're in the right place today if that's the situation you find yourself in. Because if this lady could break through her blindness, I believe you can break through yours today. So what did she do in her situation? Well, she got desperate. 
She got desperate. But I want you to notice this, and please don't miss this, and don't tune me out for the rest of the message, because her desperation did not move God. Her desperation isn't what did it for her. It moved her towards God, but it didn't move God. God is moved by faith, not by desperation. Your desperation doesn't move God, but it can move you towards God. Let me say it this way. It was her desperation that became the navigation to her destination. Her desperation became the navigation to her destination. Just because you're desperate doesn't mean God's going to do something. Desperate people do all kinds of crazy things. They look for relief or for peace or distraction in all kinds of illicit and ultimately painful and useless places. Desperate people don't always go towards God. But when this lady got desperate, after 12 years of everything else that she tried, she decided she needed to see Jesus. It was her desperation that positioned her for the final two steps that gave her a life-changing view of Jesus. So if you're desperate this morning, are you ready to allow that desperation to drive you to Jesus? Or are you still trying to figure out another way? You see, some, some of us are stubborn, aren't we? Say amen, because it's true. Some of us are stubborn. Some of us think there has to be another way. We refuse to accept the desperation of our situation sometimes. About 15 years ago, I was in a, I was in a situation that became desperate. And I thought I could fix it. I thought I could work the problem. I thought I could change it. But ultimately realized that my back was to the wall and I had no good options. I don't, know, I don't know how you react to those situations. I wanted to run. I wanted to run. Here, here was my choice, though. I just wasn't sure which direction I was going to run. For a little while, I was very, very close to running as fast and as far away from God as I could get. I questioned everything I had ever believed, everything I had led others to believe. I was exhausted to the point of being numb. And desperation will do that to you fast. Like this woman with the issue of blood, though, I, I got desperate. But it would have been very easy for me to get desperate and bitter. Or desperate and angry. Or desperate and cynical. Some people get desperate and reckless. They get desperate and depressed. They get desperate and suicidal. Listen, desperation is only a pivot point. It's only a pivot point. You have to choose what to do next. It can either propel you closer to seeing Jesus or it can take you further away. And I'm glad every time I think about it, I'm glad that I chose to turn my desperation towards God. This woman at the well, this woman with the issue of blood did the same thing. And I hope that you'll make that choice today too. So, so what's her next step? What did she do to break through the blindness of her desperation? The second thing was she got focused. She got focused. This lady made up her mind that she was going to see Jesus. She had one occupying thought in her mind. If I can just touch 
his robe, I'll be healed. If I can touch Jesus, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. She was focused on seeing Jesus. Now, I want to I show you a verse. I don't want you to miss this. I want to highlight this. In, in verse 27, we read this, but I want you to see this again. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She had heard about Jesus. And that's the point, that's the part I want to focus on from that verse. There's a difference in knowing about someone and knowing them. Right? There's a difference in hearing about someone and seeing someone. She had heard about Jesus, but she was still sick. She had heard about Jesus, but she was still in need. Listen, you can hear about Jesus and still be lost. You can hear about Jesus and still be bound. You can hear about Jesus and still be in emotional chaos and turmoil. You can hear about Jesus and still be addicted. You can hear about Jesus and still not know Jesus, still not have a personal relationship with Jesus. She had heard about him, but now in her desperation, she got focused on having an encounter with him. She wanted to see him. She wanted to touch him. You see, 12 years before, when she realized she had a problem, I'm sure she decided she would just give it some time. I'll be okay. I just need a little bit of time. And and so she focused on resting, on giving her body the time it needed to reset itself. But at some point, it became clear that wasn't going to work. And so she decided to do what the doctors told her to do. And the Bible doesn't condemn her for that. Ain't nothing wrong with going to the doctor if the doctor is helping you. These doctors weren't helping So now she was in a position that she had really only one good option, and that was seeing Jesus. It was seeing Jesus. Seeing him, touching him, was her sole focus. So how about you today? What are you you focused on? Do you want to see Jesus? Have you gotten desperate enough that you're focused on seeing him? Are you focused enough that all those lesser things have fallen away in your life? When you get focused on Jesus, all the other stuff that that you used to distract yourself with are less appealing. All the things that you used to use to pass the time are less entertaining. All the things that you used to find temporary peace in are less fulfilling now. Her desperation had caused her to take a step towards her destination, and that was Jesus. The good news is there's a promise that God made to people who get focused on seeing him, and it's in Jeremiah 29, in verse 13, it says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you get focused on Jesus, you'll find him. She got desperate and she got focused And she had a life-changing revelation of Jesus Christ. And we can too. Here's the last thing. And listen, here's the hardest thing that she had to do to to break through the blindness and see Jesus. She didn't just get desperate and she didn't just get focused. She got humble. She got humble. 
So here's the problem. Jesus didn't keep office hours. That was the problem for her. She couldn't just make an appointment to see him one day when it was convenient, when it was, when it was private, when it was discreet. Jesus went from city to city probably for a while after she had gotten focused on seeing him. He was still a long way off. She was too weak to go to where he was, so she had to wait on him. Listen, waiting on the Lord requires humility. If you're not humble, you start to get impatient and you reveal your true heart about the situation. You start saying things like, well, if he knew how desperate I was, he would come on and help me. You know, that there's no reason for, for, there's no reason for him to make me wait like this. Just because he's God doesn't mean he gets to treat me like I don't matter. And we say all kinds of things when we get desperate. We say all kinds of things that reveal where our heart is. She got desperate and she got focused, but she got humble as well. John, how do you know she got humble? Well, we find it in Luke's account of this same occasion. Luke chapter 8 and verse 44. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, the hem of his garment, the King James says, and immediately the bleeding stopped. She didn't come up to Jesus and demand that he heal her. Jesus was on a mission. He, He was on his way to heal a little girl who was dying. Jesus was busy. Jesus was concerned about other people besides her. She was humble enough to recognize that. She was humble enough not to demand that he stop. She was humble enough not to demand that he see her. She wasn't like Naaman, the leper that we read about in the Old Testament. He was furious that the prophet of God didn't heal him through such great fanfare and religious ceremony. When the prophet, when Elisha told him, just go dip in the muddy Jordan River seven times, his initial arrogant reaction was to refuse. There was none of that in this woman. She approached Jesus from behind. He didn't see her coming. But she was so convinced of his power. She had such faith in his ability to heal her that she pressed her way through this great crowd of people. And she finally made her way to Jesus and she fell on her knees, which is the ultimate sign of humility. And she crawled up to the creator of the universe. Well, John, how do you know? How do you know that? Because the Bible says she touched the fringe on the bottom of his robe. There is no other way for her to have done that without falling on her knees. Touching the fringe wouldn't have bothered him. Touching the fringe wouldn't have slowed him down. Touching the fringe wouldn't prevent him from going to this little girl and saving her life. Touching the fringe wouldn't get the attention of the crowd that had gathered around Jesus. But touching the fringe was all she needed to do. Because she was desperate, and she was focused, and she was humble, and that is very often the recipe for a miracle-working faith. When you get desperate and focused and humble, don't be surprised what your encounter with the Lord might do for you. 
So if you're here today and you're facing a desperate situation, let me challenge you to get focused on seeing Jesus. Get focused on a relationship with him. Get focused on knowing him. But listen, get humble about it. You don't approach the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with pride. You don't walk in and demand anything. Everything that he ever has or ever will give us, he gives us from his grace. He doesn't owe us anything. Faith demands that we believe in him and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith demands that we believe that every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. But humility demands that we ask respectfully, bold in our relationship, but humble in our approach. So come to Jesus. See him for yourself. Come boldly. Come with great focus. Come with great expectation. Come with great faith. But come with an equal amount of humility as well. Because humility is not weakness. Humility is an honest assessment of who you are in relationship to who God is. Humility never prevented anybody from getting what God had for them. As a matter of fact, it's the only way to get it. Look at James chapter 4 and verse 6. But he gives even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he favors or he gives grace to the humble. And when you're in a desperate situation, what you need more than anything is God's grace. Now, the end of the story is as powerful as the beginning of the story. And it's as powerful as it is beautiful. We're talking about breaking through the blindness. And she had been blinded by her sickness, blinded by her desperation, prevented from seeing Jesus by the mass of people around her, around him. And yet her laser focus on Jesus had, had put her in a position to have a, a life-changing vision of Jesus for herself. She saw him in his power, in his mercy, in his grace, saw him in his position as the son of God. But that's not all that happened in that moment. I want to show it to you again in verses 30 through 34. Jesus realized that once the power had gone out from him, and he turned around and said, who touched my robe? And his disciples said, look at this crowd pressing against you. In verse 31, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Listen, when you come to Jesus with humility, not only is the blindness removed, not only do you see Jesus, but Jesus sees you. He sees you in whatever circumstance, in whatever situation you're in. He sees you. You're not just a face in the crowd. You're not just one of the billions calling out to him at any given moment. You are his son or his daughter. He's glad to see you. He's glad you came. 
He's glad to have been able to help you. He's glad to be in relationship with you. And he's glad that he can send you away with his peace and with his healing and with his wholeness and with his blessing. He's glad that he can declare to you, your suffering is over. So listen, if you're in a desperate situation today, if you're stuck in a phase of what you thought would be a cycle, facing a situation that seems hopeless, and you feel like your desperation has you teetering on the edge, let me tell you today, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Let your desperation drive you to the only one who can do anything about what you're facing. Get focused on seeing him and your relationship with him. Get humble about what you're asking him to do and let your relationship with and your revelation of Jesus redefine you and help you break through your blindness today. Would you stand with me, please? We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.